Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to, come on, say what? No to temptation. Is that true? It's 100% true. See, he not only convicts unbelievers, he convicts you. Again, go back to the beach story. Take a quick look. Guy, gal, whatever. Or something on TV, you take a quick look. Something on your iPhone. You ever get some of this stuff that you come up, where did that come from? You think that's planned? Oh, that's planned. So how do I handle that temptation? Well, if I'm there staring at it like this, think the Holy Spirit's going to go, excuse me. Most people understand that sex is a normal, natural, blessed act. What most people either don't know or don't acknowledge is the source of sex, God. Like most things in the world, the devil has tricked people into believing that sex just happened without a planner or designer. Pastor Mark will be teaching that this worldly belief is wrong. There is a design and plan to the world, and God is the one who designed and planned it. His plan included sex, which at the beginning he declared to be good. You'll learn that God's designs are good and work great for you when you do them His way. You'll learn that God's designs are good and work great for you when you do them His way. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 as he continues his message, Live to Please God. Lord, let us hear your lessons for Sexual sin, pornea, was rampant in the Roman Empire. That's where he was. He was writing from Corinth. The church at Corinth has a huge problem with sexuality. He's writing to the church in Thessalonica. It was part of that same thing. Now, idol worship in the pagan temples in those days, idol worship, when you would go to the temple to pray to an idol that couldn't do anything for you, there were prostitutes right there. You just paid for them to have sex and worship their idol at the same time. Now, can you imagine that? That was the lifestyle. But it didn't end there. We know from the Romans, we know from history, they would have young boys lined up at the altar. And you could have whatever kind of sex if you're a woman or a man with this little boy. Well, does that sound familiar to you today? What do we see in our churches and places and on our world? This is from the Roman Empire and the very church where these people were. Remember who was in this church? The Jewish people would know, no, 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 we're not doing that. They came to Christ. But the pagans, here's what Paul's saying is, that's your lifestyle that you came from. See, before God, they didn't know the Bible. They didn't know it was wrong. They thought it was fine. That's what they were taught to do. Just use that sexual drive and go for it. And now Paul's saying, whoa, 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 I know it's going to be a problem because you might have kind of got into it. And now I'm telling you, that is not right. That's not the way to please God. You can't live in that kind of a sin. So Paul is addressing 
a current situation right there in both of those churches. So can I just say this to you? When you think about what's happening there, Paul had to teach the standards from God. Now, you just shared with me that God has the right to tell us how to do life. Well, that includes the sexual area. But sexual temptations affects everyone, believers and unbelievers. In fact, when you go back to the Bible, some of the things I'll talk to you about today are back in the book of Leviticus, right at the first five books of the Bible, right at the beginning. All these definitions of what sexuality is was right there from the start. So that temptation has always been with us, the Old Testament, the New Testament, and smack dab in the middle today for us. So how can I live in a world that's just filled with sexual temptation and avoid sexual sin? Here it is. Look at verse 4 and 5. Paul says that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the heathen or like the unbelievers who do not know God. Now, unbelievers, Paul knew this, do not have a personal relationship with God. And when you don't have a personal relationship with God, you have nothing to do with God's Bible. So they don't know God's word. And thus, they don't see that anything's wrong. God designed Christ followers to know him personally. And that makes all the difference in the world. Remember, when you became a Christian and you got rid of all your sins, God's grace and his love for us, who did he put inside of us at that moment of salvation? Who came to live in you? What kind of spirit? The Holy Spirit. He came to live in us. Holy is a powerful word to us. That means I have God living inside of me. And because of that, I don't have to worry about the temptation. I have somebody helping me. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to, come on, say what? No to temptation. Is that true? It's 100% true. See, he not only convicts unbelievers, he convicts you. Again, go back to the beach story. Take a quick look. Guy, gal, whatever. Or something on TV, you take a quick look. Something on your iPhone. You ever get some of this stuff that you come up, where did that come from? You think that's planned? Oh, that's planned. So how do I handle that temptation? Well, if I'm there staring at it like this, you think the Holy Spirit's going to go, excuse me? If I glance at it, I know enough what? Forget it. Just move on. So you're not going to hear from the Holy Spirit because you already know Well, you shouldn't be watching it. So understand this. Paul knew how powerful that was. So he writes to the church at Corinth. Look at that. He's writing to the church at Corinth. Look what it says. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body. But he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Now look at the first words. Flee from sexual immorality. What does flee mean? Get out of there as soon as you can. Who comes to mind in the Old Testament? Joseph, remember? Potiphar's wife there. She took that out, put that new little dress that was probably about that big on, and she says, she goes over to the bed. Remember what she said? She goes over to the bed. She's sitting on the edge of the bed. She says, hey, Joseph, come have sex with me. That's pretty clear. (laughs) And what did Joseph do? Well, Joseph sat there for a while and says, let me see. No, when he heard that, what did he do? He ran for his life. Was that a smart thing? That was a very smart thing. 
What did David do? I've stood in Israel many times in Jerusalem on the overlook of where her house would have been. She was bathing. And David didn't go, whoops. What did he do? He invited her into the palace to his bed. A man after God's own heart. Did he pay for that? Big time. See, Satan will never tell you the outcome of the sin that we get into. He just tells you the good stuff. Because if he told us, if David knew what happened to him and all the stuff that happened to him, he'd have never, ever invited her. We have to understand that God warns us. Now, God knew that this society that would be coming up over and over and over again, from the Old Testament all the way to the book of Revelation, that it's going to be similar. Would anybody here say today that our culture is kind of the same culture of Rome and Corinth and Thessalonica? Would you say our culture is kind of immoral today? Yeah. Is it getting more immoral by the minute? Because unbelievers don't believe God's word. So here's the battle. They do what they think is right. They just do what they think is right. The battle is always God's word versus man's opinion, what the Bible says, versus what people think. So how do we change that? It's how we think. Let me give you an idea. Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. See, the unbeliever doesn't know the truth. So they search for something to fulfill them. I was just told, and I didn't know this, but a number of individuals that know that I'm teaching told me that there's, there's a song that's very popular with the youth today. It's called Thank You, Next. I'd never heard of it, but I want to research it. Let me just tell you this. Ariana names her ex-lovers in the song, just by one by one, and all the lessons she's learned from them. And then she says, it's time. Thank you, next. It's time to move on. She has this list of illicit sex with all these men. It's time to move on. And now she's moved on from men in the song to women. And she's giving the whole thing out. And this has become super, super, super famous. Well, thank you, next. You know what that is? It's a picture of one dead end after another, which means that Ariana has no purpose in her life. She has no reason for living. She's just going next and next and next. You know what? This is not new. Solomon didn't write a song, but he went down every road he could to find purpose and meaning. And he said every road was a dead end. Can I tell you something? Unless you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, nothing will satisfy you. Only Jesus Christ. And when I saw that, and I saw her words, all the words, and how popular, millions of people listening to that, I thought, wow, these people are searching. They have no clue what God wants to do in their life. So how do I do it? I can only please God by thinking and living biblically. We need to share that with people. Now look at verse 6. And that, in this matter, 
No one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. Sexual immorality is a sin against God's Holy Spirit. It's a sin against my own body, if I'm the one in action. But it's also a sin against other people. So here's what you need to understand. God designed our sexual drive to be physical, of course. But it's also emotional. And here's the part that even Ariana doesn't understand. It's spiritual. She's having all these relationships with guys that are short last, like forever. She learns something from everyone. And then now onto the woman. She doesn't understand spiritual. Let me read 1 Corinthians 6.13. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. Satan will never tell you this truth. Look at it. Sexual sin harms me. Others engaged in it, and others not engaged in it. If there's a husband or a wife that have an affair outside of marriage, does it affect the other spouse? Positive or negative? Hugely negative. Does it affect any of the children in the marriage? Of course, like everything. Does it affect if you're not married, you're a virgin, and you decide to have premarital sex? Does it ever affect your future spouse? See, you don't answer that question, but yes, it does. Because when you get married to somebody different than that person you had the affair with and lost your virginity, if you're going to be honest, you have to tell that person you're marrying, I'm sorry, I won't be a virgin on this night. Now, God forgives. And we get a new start. Could I hear an amen right there? But see, it affects all these people. And the other thing that happens, it harms you in a way that you guys know. S. TDs. I'm from that background as far as pharmacy, sexually transmitted diseases. In fact, let me read you some of these. I've been watching just say this over and over again. This means there's more than 20 STDs today. And it comes almost always from sexual intercourse. Spread by that, HIV. We're familiar with that. You know, that's still rampant. Still rampant. Chlamydia. Genital herpes, genital warts, gonorrhea, some forms of hepatitis, and of course, the old standard, syphilis. You see, all of those things have come because sexual sin harms me. And if I have that and I have sex with somebody else, guess who else it harms? Them. And if they're going to have a baby and the baby comes through, guess who gets affected? Do you understand what I'm showing you? Satan will never tell you that. Now, here's something else. Sexual immorality has resulted in how many millions or maybe billions of abortions? Most abortions come because of sex outside of marriage. And as you know, sexual immorality has basically devastated countless lives, families, destroyed thousands of churches, even nations. So watch What's happening? See, when you do something that's outside of God's will, it has a negative effect not only on me, but on lots of others. Here's another one that I was just made aware of. And this is more, again, for the students. They'll know about it more than I would know about it. Parents, you need to know if your 
student, your high school student, junior high student, is sexting on Snapchat. Now, sexting on Snapchat is simple. It's getting on your phone or internet, but basically phone, something very sexually explicit, suggestive images, nude, sex acts, all kinds of things. You put it on your phone, and Snapchat has come, so when you share that, you're sending it to somebody, somebody in your class or somebody in the street or whatever, somebody you know, you send it to them. The reason for Snapchat being popular, as soon as that picture comes, that person will get and go, whoa, look at that, look at what they're doing. They're showing their breasts, they're showing everything on there to that person. And as soon as it comes, Snapchat removes it. And so the, the students think, whew, I sent it, I got what I wanted, nobody will know. Wrong. Many people take a picture immediately of that from their other phone. And guess where you end up? In court. Because it affects the other person. Do you see how deceptive Satan is? You say, well, Pastor Mark, that can't be happening. Uh, no, it's happening all over the place. And that's because the kids don't understand where sexuality belongs. They're not taught either by their parents. They don't go to a church. If they go to a church that's afraid to even mention it, God help us. If God mentions it, I can mention it. Now, when you see that happening, look at what happens. Verse 6, the Lord will punish men for all such sins. As we have already told you, Paul says, and we've warned you. So to despise God's warning, don't have sex before marriage. Don't do this. Don't have it affairs. Quit looking at pornography. Warnings about sexual sin it grieves the Holy Spirit, and it will invite judgment and chastening. First Thessalonians chapter 4. God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. Therefore, anyone who refuses to live by these rules is not disobeying human teaching, but is rejecting God who gives the Holy Spirit. See, God empowers believers to do what he commands through the gift of the Holy Spirit. And when a person refuses to obey God's commands, he grieves the Holy Spirit, who makes us holy and pleasing to God. Now, I don't know if there's anybody here But maybe this is going through in your mind. Pastor Mark, this teaching on marriage and sex is nothing more than your own personal idea. Or, I've never been here before the church, but it must be Calvary Chapel's idea. You are 1,000% wrong. I have no right to stand in a pulpit and give my ideas. I stand here to give God's truth. Now, with this topic, do we have to speak this topic in love? Absolutely. Why? Because we're all sinners. We all came from that. We all still struggle. Remember, sanctification, getting to be like God, it never happens. We get closer and closer and closer. You will never be perfect. Nobody in this place will ever be perfect. So I need God's grace. But I'm not going to, if you say this is a, well, it's a special issue with the church. You know what's happening in our churches? Churches now refuse to do this because they'll just open the doors to anybody, any lifestyle at all. You think God's pleased with that? No. At some time in the Old Testament, when that happened, it said the spirit of God departed. I'm so glad we could come into a church and when you walk in, you can feel the presence of God. Why? Because we're perfect? Far from it. 
But we love God, and we're trying to please him. So understand, we're not saying this to get people angry or whatever. We're just trying to say, this is what we do. Remember, God designed marriage, and he designed sex, and he told us how to do it that pleases him. You already agreed to that. Here's another truth from God. God designed marriage as a building block of society. Satan hates it. You remember what he said, Adam and Eve, have sex, produce children, fill the earth. The home is a foundation. Teach your kids, dedicate them to God, teach them to know God, have a relationship like mom and dad do. That's why God wanted. He wanted the world to, and of course, in chapter three of Genesis, Satan came in, destroyed the whole thing. So Satan is out to destroy the home in God's design of sexuality. He's doing a pretty good job. Think of the rate of divorce in our world. And think of all the other things that are happening. Well, let me show you how far this goes. Many of you probably don't know this. I try to keep up with things, and I just thought this was amazing. Just recently, last month, two weeks, whatever, France, in their hierarchy, put a new law in. Here's the new law. France is going to replace the terms mother and father with parent one and parent two on school forms. Now, that doesn't mean in the home you can't call your mom, mom, and your dad, dad. It means in the school. The school books are going to talk about the family. So you can't have that. Now, what is that all about? The removal of mother and father within the educational system, young children, right from the beginning, is brought to stop discrimination against same-sex parents. So your little child, you know, many places in Europe, you can't homeschool. Impossible. Outlawed. You must send your student to a school. Well, if you go to a school and you're a five-year-old and you say, I'm sick. Is that parent one or parent two? Now, when that child continues to grow, what's going to be in their mind? Parent one, parent two. What happened to dad and mom? What happened to our heavenly father? Do you see how it works? It's so brilliant by Satan. No longer mother or dad. Parent one, parent two. Because they don't know whether you have two women or two men as their parents. God help us. See, it's going down. Next week, we begin the end times. We're getting closer. And it's about this area because that drive is such a powerful drive. Now... Here's lies you hear from Satan. Marriage and sexual purity are outdated. You'll hear people say this. Listen to this quickly. Everybody's doing it. It's okay. How can you know you are sexually compatible unless you first live with somebody before you're married? I hear that all the time. But you know, they never read the stories, the facts, that when you have premarital sex and live with somebody before your marriage, usually your marriage is way less successful than if you'd have said it God's way. Today, Pastor Mark talked about the similarities in sexual excesses between the time of the Apostle Paul and today. He also taught that the solution for today was the same as it was back then, a strong relationship with Jesus. You learned about the necessity of discipline in all areas of your life and relying on God's power to overcome temptation. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. 
We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will finish his teaching, Live to Please God. He'll talk about the importance of stable marriages and their importance to a stable society. You'll learn how Satan hates both of those. You'll be reminded about the need to resist temptations to sin. and You'll learn about the dangers of sexual immorality and how God's grace can cover all of those sins. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time. As Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Live Here Now, Live There Forever. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.